So in recent years, the possibility of parallel universes have been in the news time and again. Physicists who are trying to uncover the building blocks of our world and are stuck with many unanswerable questions often sometimes attempt to answer some of their questions by suggesting a possibility of parallel universes or other realities that somehow serve as to fill in the gaps of the building blocks in our world. And every time a different hypothesis is suggested, or sometimes old news gets recycled, it somehow hits the news that maybe there are parallel universes. The truth is that philosophers and thinkers for thousands of years have wondered about this question. Are there parallel universes? And just to explain the question, the question is, we know what exists within our own reality. As our instruments have gotten better in the last couple centuries, we've gotten to know our reality a lot better. Both the micro, we can now see very, very small things. We can measure things. Radio waves is a classic example. Um, infrared measure things that were previously not measurable. We have better instruments. We also now have ways to um, see reality that is way beyond our planet that previously the naked eye was not able to see. Telescopes. Now we have the web telescope that hopefully will be up and running very soon. We have the ability to see other parts, but it's all within our own reality. Things with all, in our own reality, we have ways of measuring, ways of knowing. The question is, are there other realities beyond our universe, beyond our own reality, that we cannot connect to, that we cannot relate to? Do other realities exist? Now, just to be a little clearer, our reality, the universe that we know, is limited by very two, two very important constraints, that of time and that of space. So in other words, our reality has di spatial dimensions, and everything is laid out along space. And physics now say time and space are interconnected, and it's also guided by time. Everything is within a specific time and moves along through time. So we, our reality is limited by time and space. In theory, if there were other realities, they don't have time and space the way we do, because they're physical things. They're things for our physical reality. They wouldn't exist then. You wouldn't have to go outside of our universe spatially in order to get to another reality. Another reality, in theory, would exist right here because it wouldn't exist in the same framework of time and space within which we exist. It would be a parallel reality. That's where, that's where the term parallel universes comes from. So it would now, such a reality would, of course, exist in a totally different way than our own. Often we imagine maybe there are other planets with life maybe even with intelligent life, maybe with aliens, right? Maybe, we don't know, right? We have a question, are there aliens? I think we once did a class on that. Do, are there aliens? So maybe there are other, but we, they, would take, they would all exist within our own reality. They might look very different. We have all sorts of um, 
fictional imagination, imaginative concepts of what maybe alien people look like, or beings look like, but that's all we don't really know, but they might look very different, but they're all within our own reality. A parallel universe doesn't exist within our reality at all. It is not visible. It's not measurable. Beings within that parallel universe would not be anything like anything we can even imagine because we can't even imagine what a different reality is like. So do such parallel universes exist? Now, in theory, the only way we could know if such parallel universes exist would be if those parallel universes had some way of crossing into our reality and communicating with us or impacting us in some way or another. It is possible that we may never discover parallel universes, and yet they still exist, but we don't know about them. They're there, but there's no way to know about them because they have no way of communicating with us. In other words, the fact that we haven't ever met someone from a parallel universe or something from a parallel universe doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Because by definition, it exists on a different plane of reality which can't necessarily connect to our plane of reality. The only way we would be able to definitively answer that question would be if there would be some communication, cross-reality communication, where existences, or in a different parallel universe, had some way of communicating across universes to our own universe. All fascinating, theoretical. But our question for today will be, what does our Jewish teachings and Jewish traditions say about parallel universes? Do we think they exist? And if they do, what are they like? Mark. With the, the question of a parallel universe, uh, I find just as profound as the issue, having taken some astronomy classes, that our greatest scientists don't know the limits of our universe which is the most baffling question one has to ponder when you're studying the physical aspect of, of astronomy. And isn't that every bit as big a question? Absolutely. Very good universe? point, Mark. What are the boundaries in time and space of our universe? Very good point, Mark. We are now today addressing parallel universes, though we admit that we humans still do not yet fully understand or even understand the tip of the iceberg of our own universe. You're absolutely right, Mark. Very well put. Um, that is true. And that is why we've put so much money into this web telescope. Maybe it will give us some new secrets and so much effort into discovering our own universe. But for today, we're going to leave our universe and we are going to address the question of parallel universes. Yes, Debbie. Excellent question. Excellent question. I'm going to get to that in just one moment. Would God be in our parallel universe? So absolutely, you are absolutely right, Debbie. The, to, so to begin with this question of whether we think that in Judaism, from a Jewish perspective or Jewish teachings, that 
there are parallel universes, the most foundational principle of Judaism, and in fact all monotheistic religions, most of which came from Judaism, assumes the existence of a reality beyond our own. We assume the existence of God, as Debbie put it. God who created us. We believe that God is an existence beyond our own reality. That exists in a way that we can never picture, we can never fathom, we can never imagine. God is not physical in any form. God exists in a reality parallel to our own. But not only that, God would not be accurately called a universe because God is, we believe, an absolute being with no detail and no form. The absolute God is not a universe. It just is. There's there, just a being. It has no part. A universe, there'd be things within the universe. There'd be things that exist within it. God just is. But we do believe that God is a different type of reality. Well, he might not be a universe in that sense, because a universe implies details, implies things within it, implies parts. God, God is not a universe, but just unique. He is just singular. He is an absolute being. But we do believe that God is a parallel, not universe, but reality. In fact, those people, people that struggle accepting the existence of God, usually at the very core of their challenge, what really bothers them with, the, with accepting the existence of God is the ability to accept that there are parallel realities the possibility that there are realities beyond our own. In other words, they struggle to make peace or accept such a possibility that there are realities beyond our own. But the moment we're ready to accept that there are realities beyond our own universe, then God is not such a challenge anymore. There could be lots of realities. There could be God too. So the very belief in God is clearly a belief in a reality beyond our own. Now how do we know this reality beyond our own exists? So the question of how we know God exists is really a subject for another class that we will, God willing, get to. A very important class that we're going to do. But just very briefly... The existence of our own reality, of our own universe, is the strongest evidence for the existence of a reality beyond our universe. Phys physicists today struggle to find the building blocks of our universe and therefore posit that there must be other realities beyond our universe to fill in those building blocks. But if we even take, take it a step further with the famous first cause question, where did we come from? Who brought us here? Who placed us here? Who built this universe? Not only who brought the first matter into being, 
in whatever state it was, whether it was as an um, infinitesimally small point with a big bang, or maybe more detailed matter, in whatever state it may have been, who created that first matter? Not only who created that first matter, who created the rules, like time, like space, like rules of physics? Who created the rules by which that matter operates? Who created, where did, who enforces those rules? Who keeps the matter operating or our universe operating in a fairly consistent way? Why don't the rules keep changing? All of that necessitates that there must be a reality beyond our own that brought our reality into being. And so the very existence of our world itself is the strongest evidence that there must be something beyond our own. We call it God. You can call it something else. You can call it whatever you want. An absolute being that stands beyond our own reality that brought us into being, created the rules of our existence, and, and holds us in place, holds those rules in place, and holds our existence in place. What do you say to those who, who deny all of that and say it's, we're just random molecules that came together. Oh, where, did, where did the original oh, matter come from? I, I, I can't answer that. Yeah, you know, let's, there are those that have, this is all random, you know, nothingness that we... Uh, I have not done this subject justice. In other words, it really requires a lot more discussion to explain how we know using the first cause argument that God definitely exists and we believe we do um, but that's really a subject for another class so I'm going to leave it at I'm going to leave it at the you know the short words I just said um, how we know that there is another reality but based on that we do believe in God as a parallel reality that exists parallel to our own yes Souls would be a parallel reality too. Very good point. Very good point. Souls, thank you, Annette. Souls are a parallel reality, but let's take it step by step. First, we're focused on God. God is clearly not a, not a universe, because God is an absolute singular being, but God is a parallel reality. We also believe, we mentioned earlier, the only way we would know of a parallel reality, other than, as we just said, we can logically deduce the parallel reality from our own existence, but we can know a parallel reality when that reality has a way to communicate with us. We believe that that reality did communicate with us. We spoke about it earlier. We spoke in the Parsha. God appeared to our entire nation. We all had a revelation of God at Mount Sinai. And we all had God communicate to us. And we heard those Ten Commandments. So we did get a revelation of this parallel reality. So we do believe in this God as a parallel reality. We believe that we know God exists both deducing that from our own existence as a, as a cause, first cause to our own existence, but we also believe that God has communicated with us. But beyond God, God is not a universe. God is just an absolute being. 
beyond God. Do we Jews believe in parallel universes? So to be clear, if we believe in God, we believe parallel realities exist, right? That's the fundamental belief. And as we said, some people struggle with the concept of parallel realities. We believe in parallel reality, God. But are there other parallel universes as well? So as Debbie said, you are absolutely right. We do believe in other parallel realities, in other parallel universes. Our scriptures speak of other non-physical beings, beings that exist outside of our own universe. Earlier, Annette mentioned souls. And souls, we did a class on souls as a subject of its own. The scriptures as well as our oral traditions, often speak of angels, angels, conscious beings that exist in realities beyond our own. So clearly we believe, Jews, Judaism believes, that there are parallel realities other than God that we can call parallel universes. In addition to our own universe, there are other parallel universes as well. Physical or? Non-physical. Non, if it was a physical universe, it would not be parallel. If it was a physical universe, it would be within our own universe. We are physical. If there was something else physical, it would exist with us. So they must be non-physical. Okay. Non-physical realities that don't have, that are not made up of matter, as we know it, don't, are not limited to time and space as we know it, exist, don't exist somewhere else because they're not limited by time and space, exist, but exist on a different plane of reality. So um, when we die, our, our spirit never dies, I mean, our souls never die. So then we're without our physical being in another reality. Very good point, Debbie. When we die, we believe our soul exists within a different reality, a non-physical reality, and we continue in a different parallel universe. You're absolutely right. So all we lose when we die is our physical body. Connection to this universe. But we continue to exist in a different parallel reality. The soul, the soul never dies, is that right? Yes. Very good. So the soul never dies, the soul continues to exist in a parallel reality. The soul is a parallel being, a non-physical being, that we believe interacts with our body and interacts with our physical world. Uh, we also, as we said, believe in the concept of angels, beings, conscious beings, from other non-physical realities. Yes, Mark? Then is that to say, do we believe that when we die, that the questions we don't know the answers to now are answered? What happens to us when we die is a very good question. Um, we've done a class previously on that subject, and I'm going to refer you to there, because it really you know, raises many, many more questions. But before we get into looking at the Jewish view of other parallel universes, souls, angels, non-physical reality, that we are not consciously aware of, 
that we cannot consciously connect to. We're not aware of. We're only aware of our own universe. Before we get to that, I want to first tell you about two other universes, in addition to our own, that we are conscious of. Now, to understand these parallel universes, we're going to look at the teachings of Kabbalah, Jewish mysticism, and the teachings of Chassidus, which are the Chassidic teachings based on the Rabbi Yisrael Baal Shem Tov, how he distilled Kabbalah for us to be able to follow and understand. Now, Chassidism explains that in addition to the universe that we inhabit, the universe that we know that we live in, which is called the universe of action, the universe of matter, of physical material matter. There are also two other universes that we are active in and that we are consciously aware of. And they, we just don't think of them as universes, but they are. And they are the universe of speech and the universe of thought. So in addition to the universe that we generally think of as us existing in, we actually exist in and are conscious of two other parallel universes that we're actively conscious of. The universe of speech and the universe of thought. We often think of speech as simply being a part of our own universe. And to some extent it is, because it impacts our universe. The sound waves we generate through speech are, exist within our physical universe. But speech, actually, Kabbalah tells us, exists within a universe of its own. The great master, the Baal Shem Tov, was once sitting with his students. And two of his students got into a fight. And one of them was really upset. And so he threatened the other student. He said, I am going to tear you apart like a fish. Wow. And when the Baal Shem Tov turned, heard that, he turned to his students and he told them to sit around in a circle. And everyone should place their arms on each other's shoulders, the, the shoulders of the person next to them. And they should meditate. And he began to sing a song. Told everyone to close their eyes. And as they did so, the Baal Shem Tov then put his hands on the shoulders of the two students sitting closest to him, closing the circle. And at that moment, all the students saw how the fellow who had made the threat was actually taking the other student and tearing him apart. They were horrified. They opened their eyes, feeling horrified. And... Sorry. They opened their eyes, feeling horrified. And the Baal Shem Tov explained, every word you say 
is real. It's real. You say it, it is real. It really happens. In another universe, in the universe of speech, every word we say makes, of course it impacts our physical universe, the world, the universe of action, but it also impacts the universe of speech. Every word you say. When you say a negative word about somebody else, it's not just I said it and it's offensive and they're going to get upset if they hear about it. It's more than that. Those words are real. They really exist in a different universe, in the universe of speech. And that negativity is really happening. When you threaten someone, that threat is real. It didn't exist in the world of action because you didn't carry out your threat yet. But in the universe of speech, it already happened. Every word you say exists in that universe. Conversely, if you say something good, you say something positive, you praise someone, that really happened. It's real in a universe of speech. So every single word we say not only does it have a real impact on our universe of action, which it does, but it also exists on its own in a parallel universe of speech. Every word you say, good and bad. So words are not cheap. Speech isn't free. Every word you say is powerful and meaningful. Not only will every word you say have an impact, and it does in our physical world, but it exists within its own world. And in that reality, in that universe of speech, it has already made an impact. And it's already there. Jewish mysticism, the teachings of Chassidus teach us that that's not only true for speech, but it's also true for thought. The things we think have an impact on our real world, on our universe of action. They have an impact on the world that we know. They make you feel a certain way. They make you act a certain way based on your thoughts. You can ruin your life with bad thoughts. But it's not only that. There is a universe called the universe of thought. And every thought that you have exists within that universe of thought. And so if you have a negative thought, say you think you're going to hurt somebody else, in the universe of thought, you've already hurt them. It's already happened. That negative thought is there already. If you have a bad thought to do something bad, or upset about something, or depressing thought, in the universe of thought, it already exists. You've already caused harm. And for that matter, in the universe of thought, if you have a positive thought, I'm going to do something good, or I like something, or a positive thought about somebody else, you have already made an impact on them. You've already made a difference. Now, of course, it's also going to impact in the real world. In fact, we believe 
what we call the Hebrew term used in Chassidus is machshava moyeles. The thought, what happens in the universe of thought, has a real impact in our universe. If you think about somebody else, you have impacted that person. You think about them, you've impacted that person. The moment you think about them, you have impacted them. We believe that saintly people are able to tap into that universe of thought and know what, sometimes what other people are thinking. Great tzaddikim, great saintly individuals. When you think about something or another individual for good, you've impacted them in a positive way. When you think about another individual negatively, you have directly impacted them in another in a negative way because you've already done something within the universe of thought. It is its own universe that has a direct impact on our reality. So it's really important not only to remember the impact of the speech we have, but to remember the impact on the universe of thought. Every thought you have is powerful. Sometimes we wallow in our thoughts. You've got to be very careful. It's extremely hard to control your thoughts. But you can. We can control our thoughts. If you have a negative thought, you've got to push it away. How do you do that? Start thinking about something else. Focus on something else. You should have other things that you can turn your mind to whenever there's a negative thought. Whenever you have a negative thought about somebody else, turn away. Start thinking about something else. Distract yourself. Because negative thoughts are very powerful. They, have, they exist within their own universe. And they already have an impact. Every thought you have already exists within this universe of thought. We cannot control what falls into our minds, but we can control what we do with those thoughts. We control whether we want to continue thinking about something or stop. Now, sometimes controlling our thoughts are very difficult, and people go to therapy for it, right, to help control, learn to control their thoughts. But there are very useful techniques to control your thoughts. The easiest is to go do something else. Go turn on the television or go get a book, do something productive. Or go, you know, go do something. Go do something else. At that time, that is the best way to control your thoughts. But it's very important because thoughts are very powerful. They exist within their own universe. Yes, Carol? Yes. Yes, yes, we actually mentioned them, bad thoughts. So we now know that according to our mystical teachings, the teachings of Chassidus, we actually live in three different parallel universes. There's the one that we're most conscious of, is the world of action. That's the world we see all around us, and we act within But there is also another parallel universe that we act in and aware of, the the universe of speech. Now we're only aware of the speech that we 
say or we hear from others. We don't see how all speech interacts with each other within a universe, the way we see the world of action, the universe of action. But it's there. And every speech we have exists within this parallel universe. And there's this universe of thought. We are only aware of our own thoughts. Thank God we're not aware of anybody else's thoughts. And nobody else is aware of our thoughts. But they all interact within this universe of thought. We're not conscious of the entire universe, but we are conscious of our own thoughts and their place within that universe. And we need to be really careful to control those thoughts and only think positive because our thoughts are extremely powerful. They exist within a universe of their own and they in turn impact our universe of action. Kabbalah tells us that in addition to our own universe, there are also other spiritual universes. Now, we cannot understand spiritual universes. We cannot understand parallel universes because they have no matter within them. They have nothing within them that we know and recognize. We can see things. We can hear things. Everything within our frame of reference exists within time, within space, has a shape, has form. It is very hard for us to relate to parallel universes. So we're not really aware of other parallel universes. Very, very hard for us to relate to parallel universes. And Kabbalah tells us there are many, many parallel universes. Many, many different parallel universes. Generally, they're outside of our frame of reference. We cannot relate to them. There is one, or maybe more than one, that we actually can parallel universes beyond our direct experience that we can relate to. We have a unique tool to relate to one particular universe. And that is the universe of ideas. Ideas exist on their own. They're non-physical. They're non-physical. They don't take up any time or any space. But they exist. They exist on their own. Ideas, they're true. They're really there. They exist within a universe of their own. We were given, in addition to our five senses, God gave humans a sixth sense. We call it to understand. Our brains have the capability of understanding or grasping ideas. While we don't have a full view of the universe of ideas, we cannot walk through the universe, stroll through the universe and pick up ideas, but our minds have the ability to come up with various ideas, to analyze those ideas, to understand those ideas. All of those ideas are non-physical beings. They exist, they're true, they exist, but they don't exist within our reality. They impact our reality, because reality follows logic, follows science, all theoretical. 
But the universe of theory is a real universe that we cannot measure. You can't take a tape measure and measure it. You cannot see it. You cannot hear it. But we can relate to it because we can understand ideas within it. We can under their spiritual things, ideas. They're non-physical. But we can understand them. We have a unique sense that God gave us to be able to relate to ideas. All other mammals don't have that sense. They have our other five senses, but they don't have the ability to understand, to understand an idea. Even if they can process and use um, and figure out what to do, they don't have the ability to understand and grasp an idea, saying, now I get it, now I understand. It's a unique sense that only humans were given. The ability to analyze, to think, to come up with ideas, to decide if those ideas are accurate, are true, if they make sense, to understand ideas. So the world of ideas, or the universe of ideas exists as a universe parallel to our own, that we are able to relate to because we were given a sixth sense called the ability to understand. Beyond that, though, there are many, many more parallel universes, Kabbalah tells us, that we have no sense whatsoever that can pick it up. There are lots of other universes. We just can't relate to those universes. We have no way of picking it up, no way of grasping anything within them, no way of understanding them. It is within those other parallel universes where angels exist. It is those other parallel universes where souls exist. And where they go when we die or before we're born. Those other parallel realities that we have no idea what they're like. We have no senses with which to grasp them. No senses with which to connect to them. No way to relate to them. Yes, so angels have the ability to impact our universe, just as souls impact our universe in keeping us alive and being our con- making us conscious. Souls impact our universe, but we can't see them. They see us, but we don't see them. So when we die and become only a soul, do we then get to see the rest of reality? Well, not all parallel universes, but the parallel universes within which our souls exist. I think we asked that question earlier. We did, but I I deferred it to later, and we'll have another class. We'll talk about souls in detail. But souls do exist within a parallel reality. And when we die, we become aware of the parallel reality within which souls exist. Currently, we are not aware of that parallel reality. Questions get answered. Can you, you say in simple terms, when we die, some of the things we're pondering now should be answered? Possibly. <laughs> Possibly, yes, yes. But again, I don't want to go into the detail. Yes. How do we know that there is a parallel reality? How do we know there are parallel realities? 
Very good question. All of these teachings that we are teaching now come from the teachings of Kabbalah, Jewish mysticism, which was taught to us within our Torah. The Torah was communicated to us by God. God is consciously aware of all realities. Yes, otherwise there's no way we'd figure it out on our own. So, we believe there's a God because somebody had a creator. Yes. That's a very good question. It's a subject of a different class. Yes. Yes. Do we have an answer for that one or we don't? Yes, but not for now. Oh, but we do have one. Yes, yes, yes. Keep coming back. Is that going to be a class? After, afterwards, yes. Afterwards, yes. What was the question? Who created God? Who's the original creator? How did God come back? Let's try to stay on topic. Let, let's try to stay on topic, please. So, Kabbalah speaks, again, of these many different universes. Oops. Sorry, I just messed up my camera. I had to switch it back. Kabbalah speaks of many different universes that exist parallel to our own universes, universe, we spoke of two that exist within that we can really relate to an impact, universe of speech and thought. There is a universe that we cannot really impact, but we are at least can grasp things within it. We have a sense to be able to relate to it, universe of ideas. But then there are other universes that we have no sense of whatsoever because they're non-physical. Yet... We know they exist. We're told they exist because the Torah tells us. We believe that souls and angels exist within those universes. While there are many, many, many such universes, Kabbalah often speaks of four such universes. The universes of Atzilut, Bria, Yitzira, and Asiya. So I know I'm a little over time, but I'm going to try to give you a couple minutes just to very briefly um, explain what we know about these universes. We don't really know much because we cannot relate to them whatsoever. So what do we know about these universes? So to really understand what we know about these parallel universes, it's important to first understand what we know about ourselves or our own universe. When we look at our universe, the physical universe that God had created, we can describe our universe in three different ways, or speak of three parts to our universe. Firstly, our physical universe is made up of matter. Matter. Everything is matter, molecules, it exists, things that exist. Our universe has, is physical matter. It is the only such universe that God has created that is made up of matter. Other universes are not made up of matter. Other stuff, but not matter that we know, not the physical matter. Secondly, our universe has four Every single thing that exists within this universe has a particular form, shape. It looks a certain way. 
It feels a certain way. It takes up a particular space, a particular time. It has a certain texture. So the matter is shaped in a particular shape. Right? So the shape includes both the texture, the color, the things that it's made up of, the time, the space. This is all part of the form of the matter. So our universe is made up of matter. The very fact that there is something there, the molecules. And then there's the form that that matter takes on. Everything in this universe takes on some form or another. You cannot have matter without form. You cannot have form without matter. Then there is a third part to our universe, which everything is made up of. And that is what we can call existence. There's matter. There's something there, right? The physical matter. There's the form it takes up. And then the very fact that it exists. It's very existence. We exist. So now, when speaking of other universes, matter is only exists within this universe, does not exist anywhere else. There is no matter anywhere else. All other parallel universes exist in a spiritual way, and spiritual is just a generic term for non-matter. Anything that is non-physical, we call spiritual. So it exists in a different way, has a different type of matter, different spiritual matter. It's non-physical. Only our universe is physical. All other parallel universes are spiritual. We don't really know what that's like because our senses are not really good at picking up non-matter. Part two of our world, we said, is form. Everything in this world takes a particular form. Parallel universes, teachings of Kabbalah tell us, the parallel universes also have form. Just like the universe of speech. It's non-matter, but it has form. Particular things that you said. Or the universe of thought. It's non-matter. There's no matter there. There's no physical, material existence. But there's form. Particular thoughts that you thought. (coughs) Ideas. It's non-matter. There's nothing there. There's no physical thing there. But it's an idea. You can describe it. It has a certain form. So all other parallel universes do not have matter as we know it, not physical matter at least, but they do have form. Now the form in the other parallel universes parallels our own form. Just like speech can parallel our physical world, you speak about things in the world, thought, you imagine things that exist, thought parallels our reality. Other realities are not made up of matter, but they do have form, and their form is parallel to our form. Similar, different matter, but similar form. Other realities have similar form. But what makes the other realities unique is really in the third part. Not the matter, Only we have matter. No one else has matter. Not the form. Everyone has form. What makes other realities unique is in their existence. 
in the very fact that they exist. What do we mean by that? So we know we exist, right? We're all here. At least we think we exist, right? We're all here. Kabbalah explains them that the creator of everything, God, is an absolute being. Absolute being, absolute existence. Now, if God is absolute, then nothing can possibly exist outside of his absolute being, because then he would be absolute minus whatever else exists. So anything else that exists must be within the absoluteness of the creator. Yeah. If you exist within the absoluteness of something else, you don't really exist because your existence is nothing, infinitesimally insignificant in comparison with the absolute being. And yet, we see ourselves as existing. Why do we see ourselves as existing? So Kabbalah explains it's very simple. We don't see God. We are unaware, we are not consciously aware of the absolute existence of the Creator. Were we to be consciously aware of the Creator, we would not see our own being. We would not see our own existence. We only see ourselves as existing because we don't see the absolute being. We don't see how we are within the absolute being. Therefore we see ourselves. Therefore, we see ourselves as existing as being. But if we, if we were to see the absolute being, we would not see ourselves. In Kabbalah tells us in other parallel realities, the reality of Asiya, of Yetzira, of Bria, there, the creations there, and there are angels and souls and other conscious beings that exist in these realities, those creations are to some extent conscious of the absolute reality and therefore don't really see themselves as existing. And each one in a different way. We're in the reality of Berea. They don't see themselves at all. They just see the creator. They just see the absolute being. In the reality of Yetzira, they see, they're aware of the Creator, but they don't see themselves as being within the Creator. And therefore, they are somewhat aware of their own existence as well. And when with the, within the reality of Asiya, they really don't see the Creator much as an absolute being. And therefore, they are entirely aware of their own reality. So the, the differences between these different realities, none of them have matter. They all have form, but they're very different in their sense of existence. There's a fourth parallel reality called the universe of Atzilut. Atzilut is really God. Now, earlier we explained that God exists as a parallel reality, but not as a universe. As a parallel reality, God exists, not 
as our own physical reality. But God is not a universe because God has no parts or form. God is singular, is absolute. But in creating our world, God first, so to speak, evolved into a universe. God evolved himself into a universe that we call the universe of Atzilut. In order to create other universes, God allowed himself to evolve into a universe. And that is, there's no beings there, there's no conscious beings, so it's just God. But that is where, that is what we refer to as the sefirot, the various tools that God used within creation. So to answer our question, do we believe in parallel universes? The answer is definitely yes. We believe in God as a parallel reality beyond our own, and that is the basic belief of Judaism. And in fact, we pointed out those that struggle with the belief in God, mostly because they struggle with the possibility that there is other realities beyond our own, other, other realities. We do also believe in parallel universes, both within our own universe, the universe of thought and speech, remember them, they're very important. And then there are many, many other parallel universes, one of which we can relate to, the universe of ideas, and many of which we cannot relate to. But they're all relevant to us. And this is very important. Kabbalah teaches that every reality impacts every other reality. We're parallel to each other. So if we do something very, very, very small, we do something tiny, it's not very big. We did something very, very small. It doesn't seem like a big deal, right? It's not that big a deal. But the truth is, it impacts other realities, other parallel realities. And in those other realities, it is a big deal. I did something in my room, nobody saw, nobody knew, didn't bother anyone. Why does it matter? Or it's something that's meaningless. Seems so insignificant. Flipped the light on Shabbat or said something negative or did something very minuscule. But that action impacts other realities. And in the book of Tanya, it explains imagine you have a, imagine you have a clock, or he uses the example of our earth, right? As the um, sun moves across the sky, right? It moves all the way across the sky, and the shadow moves just a few inches. If you have a clock, the bottom of the hand is barely moving, while the top is moving much, much more, right? right? So if you have a circle, the thing at the bottom that's spinning, right? The bottom part of the hand is barely moving, but the top is really, really moving quickly. And so in the same way, when we do something small, here, it makes a huge impact in other realities. And in turn, that then comes back to impact our reality. So not only does every thought and every speech 
make an impact in the, in the universe of thought and the universe of speech. Every small action that we take seems minuscule, it seems meaningless, who cares? It makes a huge impact in ways that you don't see, in other parallel realities, other universes that God created. And over there it makes a big deal. And then that in turn comes back and boomerangs back to us to impact ourselves and our reality. So it's important to remember that an action that you think now is minuscule and doesn't really make a difference makes all the difference in the world because we believe in these parallel realities. So it's important to take, if you want to take one thing away today, remember the impact of our speech, of our thought, creates, has an impact in the universe of speech and the universe of thought, but also the impact of every very small thing that we do makes a huge impact in other realities, which in turn comes back to impact ourselves. So remember the value of every thought, every speech, and every small thing that we do, no matter how minuscule, has a huge impact. So with that, I thank you for joining us today.